Femininity is powerful in all its forms, exceptional women. Rare girls must be appreciated in every way for their perspectives, actions, thoughts, and their unique ways of being. Such rare girls are inspiring, and this is what this podcast is all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and my guest today is Anna Tokar. Annie is an extraordinarily bright and creative individual from Kyiv, Ukraine. She has used her experience in different life areas and communication skills to inspire teens across Ukraine to improve their lifestyles. A passionate promoter of self-improvement and lifelong learning, Annie recognizes that her generation is rife with mental health issues because of social media and she's also really into exploring and discussing numerous social issues. She uses her social media, networking skills, and self-education to uplift her peers and offer a helping hand. This spreads to her gentle promotion of gratefulness, ethical behavior, and constant learning throughout life, which she communicates without any sense of forcefulness. Annie is also passionate about learning English. That's why she's a part of the Natasha Max Language School, as well as already being an engine student for about a year. Her hobbies are pretty diverse. She enjoys expressing herself creatively throughout writing, painting, video editing, graphic design, scrapbooking, journaling, public speaking, crafting, photography, and post-crossing. Annie took first place at the 20th International Competition in the Ukrainian language named after Petro Yatsik in Kiev, Ukraine, 2019. And nowadays, she does her best to help other people to become fluent in the Ukrainian language. Annie, how are you today? Oh, thanks. Uh, nice. Uh, really, really happy and excited to be a part of your podcast today. And how have you been? Actually, I'm feeling grateful to be alive. I'm feeling happy and very curious about you as a person and an individual. So, Ani, if your friends were to describe your personality, what would they say about you? Um, I think they'd probably say, like, straight away that I'm uh, quite creative, uh, really frank, and uh, even chatty because. Uh, uh, that's for sure describes me. I'm really active, really enjoy interacting with people. And I definitely say that I'm an extroverted person, like for sure. Um, enjoy creating, you know, that's uh, basically my hobbies really uh, express that these traits of character. I love people who use the word character and strength of character. It's really important. And then you have so many things that you're working on. Tell me more about mental health issues among teens and whether you have experienced it yourself even before the war. And of course, now it's probably everybody. Uh, Yeah, naturally, that's uh, kind of a big deal for many teens and just people around the world in general. Uh, There's so much stuff going on with anxiety, mental issues and mental disorders. And... uh, 
I'm kind of happy that nowadays so many people start speaking about it, especially like celebrities and uh, uh, really influencers. Uh, they start opening up about it and telling their stories, which is really helpful for uh, young people and just people who are like, oh my goodness, what's going on in my life? I feel really weird and maybe that's not normal. But they're like, it's all right. You just need to ask for help. You just need to go there and there and do such things. And I guess they're spreading this awareness uh, around people is a, a really good thing to do. So um, about my experience, I guess uh, we all experienced things like, you know, burnout and everything, even before war. Uh, but after war, after the beginning of the whole, uh, the entire like scale of Ukraine, um, I guess I faced some, um, some symptoms of anxiety a little bit and... Um, just in general, this, uh, this weird state where you feel like you're stuck and you can't do a thing. You're worried constantly, you're worried and you, you uh, just know, don't know what to do. So you really try to support each other and that's it. So um, I guess the main thing is just to talk and to try to get through this together with people you love, with your significant others, with your family, with your friends uh, and... Uh, that's the main thing. I really try, try to, to spread this idea. Thank you. That's really important. And how does gratefulness play a part in this? How does it impact people? As well as, do you believe that Ukraine has a culture of gratitude? Mm, it's a good one. Actually, um, you know, I think I started really realizing and exploring all this uh, topic around gratefulness uh, like a few years ago. And um, it was like more about, you know, noticing some little things in our life uh, and being grateful for them because you never know what's going to happen next and living in this like constant um, rut where you feel like you have to achieve anything. It's really, really uh, energy consuming. And um, for the past couple of years, I just realized I need to, to enjoy this moment and enjoy little things that happen to me throughout every, every single day and be grateful for them. Um, so speaking of Ukraine, I guess, uh, again, uh, for the past uh, few years, um, it became more and more popular to really um, appreciate little things, especially after 24th of uh, February. Uh, we just started to appreciate every morning we wake up and we just like, you know, feel grateful to, to be alive, to live this day and to be able to uh, talk to our close people, to our family and everything. I guess uh, we just realize and our, our values change a lot. So I guess... Yeah, it, this culture of gratitude definitely improved from the 21st of February, for sure. I agree. I met a lot of people who say, like you mentioned, they were in the rats race, always sacrificing today, pushing for tomorrow. And then now they appreciate the little moments, the time with family, time walking in nature, etc., without that constant stress of achievement and tell me more about social media you are seeing it as a positive as a way to educate yourself to network better but for a lot of people it's a cause of comparison of seeing themselves as inferior to some 
curated, perfect uh, imaginary lives of a few who don't even live always that way. They live to take those photos momentarily and then return to their lives. How did you discover that there is an impact of social media on other people, on young people? And how did you turn it into something positive? Gosh, I love it. You know, this question and just discussing social media in general. Uh, and nowadays when this culture is like in the industry is enormous, um, it's really fascinating to me. And <clears throat> I'd say that there are both sides about social media. Uh, on one hand, you're like, oh my goodness, this is a great opportunity to uh, explore other people's lifestyles and uh, maybe pick up some new habits, pick up, um, you know, courses, books, whatever, to really improve yourself. And it's a really good source of that. But on the other hand, you feel like it, as you mentioned, like it affects so many teens and people in general, they start comparing themselves to uh, other people uh, out there. They start feeling anxious. They start feeling uh, like they're not good enough. Um, again, this thing with body image and when you feel like you have to fit into these standards that society really created. Uh, so I guess, um, again, with promoting this idea of mental health and mental well-being, uh, many people started to really uh, clean their space on social media, like they unfollow people that uh, they feel they compare themselves to, and uh, they try to be really um, eco-friendly in there. Uh, so yeah, care about that themselves on social media as well. Uh, but at the same time, again, um, it's still sometimes hard to uh, defer what's good for you and what's not. And many people uh, promote different ideas. So I guess it's more about educating yourself about that and trying to filter uh, all the content you consume because there's a lot, especially like, you know, in, in, in the 21st century where we're like surrounded by tons of content every single second. Uh, so it's important for me, like it's a form of self-care where you um, try to filter all that and really leave everything that motivates you and affects you in a positive way. Thank you. That's really, really important. And I noticed in the intro, you mentioned that you like to communicate with people and advise them without any sense of forcefulness. Do you feel that a lot of people who are trying to elevate others are somehow trying to trap or force others into what's good, which pushes them away? And what is important about not having such a sense of forcefulness? What does it mean? What's your opinion about it? Yeah, thanks for that question. Actually, I have a really nice example uh, about it, especially like nowadays, so many Ukrainians try to uh, switch from Russian to Ukrainian language. And uh, uh, this is really a, a great example of that. So, for example, some people are like, oh my goodness, you still speak Russian, it's awful. And, for example, this poor person have been speaking, uh, has been speaking Russian for her entire life, uh, or, or for his entire life, and they're like, it's really hard. It's hard to switch uh, when you've been talking in this language with your mother, when you uh, had friends uh, who speak Russian and you've been communicating with them for your entire life. Uh, and it's really hard to switch, like, you know, uh, straight this second. So uh, this 
the this is like a, a period and you have to uh, give these people time and uh, to really switch. So I guess it's the same with everything you promote as a person and with all your thoughts and opinions on anything. Uh, it's just about, you know, spreading your thoughts, sharing them, but no forcefulness should be required in there. So, um, like, really sharing is not forcing people to do that. If I speak Ukrainian, it doesn't really mean that I force you to speak Ukrainian straight this moment. I mean, like, uh, it's pleasing to me and I'm happy about that. So you, like, switched from Russian to Ukrainian. Uh, but in general, uh, it should be really nice, really gentle. Uh, because for sure, for many people, they start feel feeling really uh, embarrassed, for example, their language or, or the way they speak or doesn't really matter, they just feel like uh, they, they can't do it perfectly well or something. So it's more about being really caring and supportive during whatever this person is trying to, to reach, to achieve, uh, and um, ju just helping them. No forcefulness, no pressure in there, because this pressure, uh, it, then people feel really aggressive and they start like being, oh my goodness, I'm not going to do that just because... Uh, you really judge me all the time and I feel this pressure. So everything should be like nice, gentle and friendly, I guess. Thank you. And it's so important that you mentioned language. I know you're an avid English language learner. You're even helping others learn English, etc. How do you feel the English language and perfecting it and learning it will change the future of Ukrainian teens? How important is it? Does it open doors? Should people focus more, since you're also about the Ukrainian language, on their Ukrainian language or on English or both? Tell me your opinion about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess... Um... Like, you know, teaching people, I mean, like, I teach uh, old people as well, like, not all, but <laughs> uh, who are older than me, and uh, um, almost all of them, doesn't matter, it's, like, about Ukrainian or about English, they really focus on being uh, extremely perfect and doing everything right from the second they start speaking, uh, but as I always say, uh, practice makes perfect and it doesn't really mean that you have to be perfect from the from the first lesson from the first minute you start speaking it's about practicing is about mastering it's about surrounding yourself with the language um, you know watching something listening to something reading something and uh, if you put away all that pressure you have on yourself and you feel like you have to be perfect uh, it's a lot easier to improve it's easier to find like-minded people and start maybe communicating and practicing with them. Uh, again, it's important to remember that mistakes are a part of our journey and that's totally fine to make them. No one's perfect in this world. Even native speakers, they make mistakes. They, they make them a lot. And uh, for many learners, uh, whatever language they're learning, it's important to remember that it takes time to, to master, to improve, to uh, be as good as you wish to. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the, the thing that you are putting effort into learning a new language or into mastering a language you already are learning um, is incredible. And uh, for example, I know some uh, foreigners who learn Ukrainian and who've been living in Ukraine for some time already. And uh, I'm really proud and happy to see them speaking Ukrainian. Because it feels like, oh my goodness, this person 
put so much effort into learning Ukrainian, into learning new words, into mastering all that. And now they're really speaking, they're being interviewed and everything. And I feel so proud that they put this effort and started exploring my culture through language. So for sure, language is uh, not about being perfect all the time. It's about expanding your boundaries, about exploring new culture through language. Because like, you know, with English, um, as you could probably already see, I'm more into the uh, UK uh, RP version of the accent, into British one. And um, I feel like this helped me a lot to explore uh, British culture and in di different parts of the UK and everything. And um, that, that that's incredible power of learning a, a new language. It definitely opens uh, so many doors in your life and you start uh, exploring new culture, their, their traditions and everything. So that's, that's the thing I love about language learning. I agree with you 100%. That's very well said. And again, to speak about Ukraine, how was that day, February 24th, for you? What is the story of that day for you? Where were you? How did you hear about the war? How did you feel? Tell me everything. Oh God, like uh, an extreme change of topic. Um, it's th This day is definitely will stay in my memory like for, for the whole, for the rest of my life. I, I mean, I live with my parents still and um, we were just like, you know, my, my mom had COVID. So for the past couple of days, we've been staying at home uh, on uh, like a, a quarantine lockdown thing. And then uh, um, I woke up around 6 a.m. and I was like, uh, I woke up from my mom speaking really loudly. I was like, mom, why are you speaking so loud on your phone and what's going on? Uh, and she was still on the phone and um, my father came to me and he was like, um, daughter, war started. And uh, I was like, oh my goodness, what? What did you say? Um, that was really hard to comprehend at first and still. I can't fully realize that uh, this could happen uh, in the 21st century in my country. And um, it, it was really hard for all of us. And I can't say that it was like really unexpected uh, because for uh, like a month already, people have been talking and there have been rumors about all that, that uh, Russia could uh, uh, get into our country. Uh, and... Uh, it was really hard, and it's still hard every single day. I feel like um, I feel the pain of my country. And yesterday we had uh, Independence Day, and um, all the like the interviews and everything from our president. I'm really proud of him, and I'm really proud of our country. And um, I still feel like we've been a little stuck in all that, and we we are still stuck and waiting for uh for our uh, victory actually um and um, i hope it's ho hope it's gonna end as soon as possible and we're gonna win and um, there's support and everything it's incredible and everything going on around in the world as well it, it sounds harsh a little uh, but I feel like we, we should, uh, us as Ukrainians, uh, we should have experienced uh, th this thing in our life, this horrible and terrible thing uh, as war, to maybe understand something, to get this experience, to um, have this 
value reordering then, and um, I guess it's still hard. I agree with you. I actually was there in Kiev on February 24th when the bombing started, and I stayed there for eight days trying to evacuate and everything, so I had the full experience. To you, your friends maybe are all over the world now. Many Ukrainians are in North America, in Europe, in Australia, everywhere. Do you feel that because the war continued for six months now that a lot of them will have started a new life, new schools, new jobs, and therefore they will think, well, in Ukraine, we don't know whether our homes are still okay. The economy is probably super bad. So let's live abroad and continue our lives there. Or do you imagine that as soon as there is victory for Ukraine, everybody will rush back home and return? Uh, no doubt. It depends on, on people. Uh, and uh, I guess I have both in my in my surrounding. Um I feel like for many Ukrainians, unfortunately, they used uh, war as an opportunity to get uh, from Ukraine, to get out of, uh, out of Ukraine and to go live abroad, uh, which is like fine for them. I can't judge anyone in here because there's their personal story for every family in Ukraine, for every person. But I guess they, they really tried uh, to, <laughs> to, to just go abroad and live there. And that's their choice. Uh, some other people as well, they're staying abroad and they're waiting for, for our week three to come so they can come back to Ukraine because we love Ukraine with all our heart. And um, I've been here in Ukraine for the, for, for the entire six months of uh, uh, war going on from the 24th of February. Uh, and I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy that I was blessed uh, with God to stay here and uh, uh, I just really hope that so many uh, people will eventually come back uh, and start rebuilding Ukraine, start uh, improving the country and uh, uh, making it uh, even better than it was before, before everything, before all the events that happened uh, and uh, yeah, I feel like so many people are now really inspired with the idea of our future, with the idea of uh, us Ukrainians living in Ukraine and uh, uh, working on our country, on our culture, and sharing it with other like foreigners and everybody in the world. So, yeah, uh, this uh, uh, idea of our incredible, bright future uh, really keeps me up, keeps me... Uh, energized and motivates me to wake up every morning. I love that. Although there are some psychologists and experts who say this war caused and will cause deep trauma within the psyche of Ukrainians, that it will need two or three generations for people to become normal again, and that even in the case of victory, there will be a lot more depression, anxiety, um, terror, and other horrible emotions. Do you agree with this? Or do you feel that as soon as there will be a victory in Ukraine, this will heal the whole society and people will feel so proud and strong that they will not be affected by any traumas? Uh, no, definitely no. Because uh, 
Uh, I mean, we're gonna be really excited and thrilled and uh, extremely happy uh, when our victory comes. Uh, but at the same time, I'm sure uh, so many people uh, are gonna have mental disease and issues for uh, long, long years. Uh, just because it's an enormous event that happened in our lives and uh, it touched everybody. Uh, and uh, I guess this is kind of like grave for, for everyone, for every Ukrainian. And uh, it's definitely a kind of trauma for everybody, their personal trauma. And um, I just hope that uh, we're going to get through it. We're going to go to some specialists, to psychologists and really work with our mental health and uh, try to uh, keep, keep up with it. And this is just, now it's a part of our personality. And uh, we can't remove it, cut it out. That's that's how it is, you know. So I just hope that uh, we're going to work on our mental health together and uh, help our kids to, to live happier. Thank you, Ani. This was an important conversation, a truly enriching podcast. And all I can say is, Slava Ukraini. Heroyam Slava, and I'm again so grateful for uh, you having me today on your podcast and uh, wish you all the best with your projects uh, and everything and uh, yeah, sh- sharing girls' uh, stories. Thanks a lot. You're welcome.